Welcome back to Skin the Surface. My name is Dr. Rena Alau, and I'm your host for this week's episode. On this week's episode, we will be discussing a topic that I find very interesting, and that is laser surfacing. I'm very excited to be joined by a very special guest, internationally renowned and board-certified dermatologist, Dr. Shirazi, or Dr. Ozzy as her patients know her. She specializes in a wide range of skincare and beauty treatments and practices in Southern California. Her expertise in customized treatments are designed to give her patients natural-looking, flawless skin and incredible cosmetic outcomes. Welcome, Dr. Ozzy. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited. Of course. So let's just jump right into it. Dr. Ozzy, can you explain what is laser resurfacing and what devices are typically used to, um, for laser resurfacing? Well, you know, laser resurfacing really is just exactly that. It resurfaces the skin. So it's great for texture, smoothing, fine lines, uh, whether you're, you know, sculpting acne scars. The way the technology works is typically it's an erbium laser or a CO2 laser, which targets water in the skin. And it essentially vaporizes the skin and we can control the depth, the density. It's a little bit more sophisticated than just that, just, just vaporization. But the neat thing about laser resurfacing is that we can definitely control the intensity of it, how much skin cells we're removing and allowing for new healthy skin to grow in. There's also, you know, the non-ablative laser resurfacing, which are things like the Fraxel you may have heard of or Halo. The nice thing about the non-ablative resurfacing, it actually doesn't cut the surface of the skin, but it sends the laser beams deep into the skin layer without really affecting the surface. So the recovery for those lasers resurfacing treatments are much faster, much easier than the traditional, you know, CO2 or erbium laser, which is either a belative resurfacing that really just takes off the surface of the skin. That's great. That's wonderful. And then with um, regards to the laser resurfacing, what, what can you target? What do people usually do laser resurfacing for? Is it for sun damage only, signs of aging? Mm -hmm. Yeah, so that's a great question. Um, you know, laser resurfacing is sort of a broad category and you can really use it to do all of those things. It helps with fine lines, it helps with smoothing. I use it a lot for acne scars. You know, just resurface those acne scars with that technology. Uh, I also use it just to improve sun damage and um, pre-cancers, for example. I have a lot of, I'm in Southern California, so people get a lot of sun out here mm -hmm. and they have these, you know, precancerous growths on the surface of the skin called actinic keratoses. Uh, and so it really helps with the sun damage, the damaged skin cells that sit on the surface of the skin, because you know just by removing those and allowing your skin to produce new collagen and new skin that grows in, not only is the skin healthier, but it's also you know cosmetically smoother, brighter, you know tighter, all those things because you're stimulating new collagen to come in. That's great. So listeners out there may be asking, am I a good candidate for laser resurfacing? So who in general is a good candidate for laser resurfacing? Well, really, anybody can be a good candidate. It all depends on the settings that's mm -hmm. used and the technology that's used because 
I treat all skin types, you know, fair skin to really dark skin, depending on what their concern is. So typically fair skin, uh, you know, light skin uh, tends to have more sun damage because it doesn't have as much melanin, you know, for protection. So those are great candidates, somebody who's looking to improve their texture, maybe looking to help with their pores and tightening of the skin. And then your darker skin tones can benefit too. However, we adjust the settings for that skin type. Darker skin is more prone to pigmentation. So we tend to go you know, lower energies, lower density of the laser beams, which makes it safer, but you know, still can perform those treatments in dark skin. Uh, but I think if you're anybody looking to you know, improve your pores and the quality of your skin, you're a good candidate. And you can do a heavy laser resurfacing. So I always tell my patients, I compare laser resurfacing to caffeine. So you can have like a green tea laser resurfacing mm -hmm. treatment, and you can go all the way up to like a fully ablative or your sort of open skin for five days. And that's a double shot of espresso. So really, uh, if you go to a board certified dermatologist, especially trained in lasers, they can really adjust the settings to your skin type, your skin concern, and how much downtime you have or you want to take. Because some people, you know, I'll do a laser peel, a laser surfacing peel, and it's like a one-day downtime. So I'll do it on a Monday. By Saturday night, you know, the patient's got makeup on, smooth skin, and out, you know, at a party. So it really just depends on um, what your concern is and what your, you know, lifestyle is. Yeah, I love that coffee analogy. That makes it a lot easier to understand. And I'm really glad that you brought up the darker skin tones just because I've noticed when patients come to me, especially, you know, those of skin of color, they're concerned whether or not laser resurfacing is safe at all for their darker skin tone. So it's it's great to hear that there are certain lasers and it's really important to go to a, a skilled um provider, a board certified dermatologist who has a better understanding about the different settings based on your skin tone. Right. And, you know, it, and they, skin of color definitely has greater risk because of the melanin concentration and the fact that, you know, the skin is more reactive. It's going to want to produce more melanin. So a lot of times for darker skin tones, I'll prep the skin before a laser treatment with a certain skincare prescription regimen. And that makes it less likely for them to uh, get any sort of side effects or risks. And I always, you know, say I've got my cold laser for my skin of color and then I got my hot lasers for, you know, people, that, lighter skin tones that can, you know, they don't tend to get as many uh, problems with pigmentation. So definitely the technology makes a difference, the settings, how you prep the skin, all those things, you know, go into play, but it can be done. <laughs> um, and then... Talking about expectations, I know you briefly mentioned downtime and it's dependent on the type of laser. What should one expect during a laser treatment and how can they prepare before their first initial appointment with you? Well, for laser resurfacing, I really encourage all my patients to be on a retinoid or retinol. And the reason being is because by prepping your skin with a retin-A before laser resurfacing treatment, it really not only does it enhance your results, but it also makes the recovery a lot faster, a lot better. So I always suggest at least, you know, 
if you can, not everybody, you know, comes in at that time frame, but, you know, two to three months ahead of your laser resurfacing treatment, get on a Retin-A or a Retinol. And that really um, helps with, you know, all those things. And then when you come in, we have you, um, you come in with no makeup, no, you know, moisturizers or anything, and we cleanse the skin and we put on a numbing cream because, you know, sometimes it can be a little bit uncomfortable for patients, to, especially if you're going a little deeper or a little denser. So numbing cream for about 30 minutes to an hour. If we're doing a really heavy resurfacing, then we're doing, you know, other more um, significant anesthesia. But for lighter peels, or even if you're going to do something like a Fraxel or a halo treatment, which is non-ablative, and it's a little easier recovery, then we numb the skin. And then the procedure generally takes anywhere from 20 minutes to maybe 45 minutes. And the skin afterwards feels almost like you have a mild sunburn and the numbing cream you know, wears off. And so you have that sensation of a sunburn. Generally, it lasts a few hours for most people. And you can be red. Now, if you have a fraxel treatment or a halo treatment, you don't really have to use like a an ointment or a greasy balm like Vaseline-like uh, product because it doesn't really affect the surface of the skin now. But if we're doing like a CO2 or active FX or something like that, then you have to use kind of a, a protective healing balm on the surface of the skin, depending on their you know, the peel, the depth of the peel, usually for anywhere from a few days to a week, because what that does is it, you know, protects the surface of the skin and allows that new skin to come in much, much uh, more effectively. So the recovery for most people, I would say about a week, you know, um, sometimes less, but recovery and downtime to me are, are are always two different things, you know, you're, so you could have just a one day peel, meaning you just use the balm for one day, but your skin can still not look great for that week. So that's where it becomes, you know, is downtime and recovery. So you could still go out, but with any laser treatment, I always tell patients, give it two weeks. You're going to, you're going to have that shine and that glow come in at about two weeks after your treatment. Okay, great. I was just, that I was just going to ask you about, um, you know, ex um, recovery time and downtime. And um, in terms of, so they do the laser treatment and they do one treatment with you. Do you usually recommend it? I know it depends on what you're, you know, what you're focusing on. Is it acne scars, sun damage, um, other signs of skin aging, but how many treatments in general, if someone were to come in and do a Fraxel or a um, halo laser, do you usually have them come in every six to eight weeks or uh, what is a typical schedule for most patients? Yeah, that's a great question. Uh, you know, six to eight weeks is a good timeline. And I always tell people, you know, the bigger the concern, uh, so the more lines you have or the more severe the acne scar, then the more treatments, you know, is going to take. And it also depends on the intensity of the treatment. So if I do, you know, one big, you know, deep, dense laser resurfacing, then typically they just do that one treatment, you know, and it's good for five to 10 years. And that would be like that double shot of espresso type of laser mm -hmm. resurfacing. But if you're doing something milder, like the Fraxel, then um, you're going to need more than one session because every session is going to build on itself. So you'll see improvement with one, but the more treatments you do, 
the better the skin is going to do. Because every time you do a treatment, you're going to stimulate collagen, you're going to get fresh new skin that comes in. So it really depends on your concern and, uh, you know, how intense the treatment is. But for a light laser resurfacing, like what I call a, a weekend peel, you, know, you can do those you could do three to five sessions, you know, to really get the skin nice and smooth. Um, and then the other thing I'll mention is that we talked about, you know, prepping before laser resurfacing. I really recommend uh, Botox one to two weeks before laser resurfacing because Botox relaxes the facial muscles. And when you're not crinkling up the skin, that collagen that comes in from laser resurfacing gets laid down much nicer and more effectively when you know the skin is not being um, moved so that's another little tip that i always recommend to my patients i don't know if you do that um i don't know if you do you do, you do laser resurfacing in your practice we we do um but we don't have um we have an an older laser, but we don't have the Fraxel, but there is an office adjacent to us, another dermatologist's office that we often refer patients to, and they have the Fraxel or they have the halo laser. Um, but that's interesting. I didn't know about the Botox before, and that makes a lot of sense. So that's, that's a great tip. Um, yeah. patients, um, I'm assuming have better results after two, after doing that, um, Botox before their, their yeah, I resurfacing. Right. And I, I do think it makes a difference. Um, and I also do it for scars, you know, when we're, when we're, when we're doing a, a, a removal or surgical excision, like on the forehead, mm -hmm. I'll always do Botox a couple of weeks before. Again, as you know, healing and um, scars do the best when they're under the least amount of tension. Mm -hmm. So I find that that's a very effective little, you know, trick technique. Yeah. I love that. And then mm -hmm. um, in terms of the possible complications and risks with um, laser resurfacing. What should what should someone know about before kind of getting into laser resurfacing? A great question. I think the biggest risk and my biggest fear always is an infection, because especially with the more ablative laser resurfacing, like active FX or CO two or an erbium. Uh, or a profractional laser, you know, the skin is open. And so you want to be really cautious and careful of infections because once the skin barrier has been, you know, opened, it puts you at risk for viruses, fungus, bacteria. So we generally, uh, if we're going really deep or if we're treating a large surface of the skin, then we'll put people on antibiotics. Uh, just to make sure. And then we also have them do a hypochlorous acid, acid spray that reduces the chances of uh, bacteria getting on the skin. Um, and then you really want to be cautious of sun because when you expose the skin, healing skin or fresh healed skin to the sun, you're at risk of interfering with you know, that collagen production, and then also put you at risk of getting pigmentation. So hyperpigmentation after the treatment. So sun infections, uh, some people get breakouts, uh, believe it or not, when that collagen is coming in really rapidly uh, and getting laid down, some people's skin tends to clog. So if you have acne prone skin, you know, sometimes you can get a little acne breakouts. And for those types of patients, I do put them on antibiotics that are more acne specific. 
Mm-hmm. Uh, so, you know, those are the main risks. Now you can always get scarring and I've seen that. Fortunately, no one in my practice, but you know, you've got to be really careful, especially with some of these non-ablative, um, like for example, the Fraxel, you know, people think, oh, it's non-ablative, you know, you can do this, but but you can, if you if you're going, if you're doing the treatment really fast, you know, you can really generate enough heat to cause burns in the skin. So, I can't stress the importance of um, going to someone with experience in the you know the right training for this particular type of treatment because of all the risks that are involved. Yeah, I agree. I think I actually a few weeks ago I saw a patient who came from had a treatment not from a, a dermatologist um just i'm not sure where and she came out of town and she was saying she experienced um some skin burns from a non-ablative laser and i think it was just um you know she was also using um a lot of uh, topicals pr- right before her treatment that may have been irritating to her skin and drying and I think she was a skin of color patient. So, um, you know, there, there are certainly some risks and, and, um, and some things to look out for. And to be so you, yeah. So you bring up a really good point. Mm-hmm. You know, you should never really laser skin that isn't hundred percent healthy. Mm-hmm. So if, for example, if you, if you're somebody who has been using a lot of retin-A because your dermatologist told you to use retin-A before your laser resurfacing, like I just told you, and you come in and you've got dry skin and you've got red skin and peeling skin, that's not healthy skin. You should not laser that type of skin. Mm-hmm. Or if you have active acne, you know, you want your skin barrier to be, you know, hundred percent intact and healthy to be able to take on, you know, a laser resurfacing case. So that's a great point. And if someone had a history of a fever blister, you know, how, how do you counsel that patient? Because I know that there is a risk, um, you know, with um, just reactivation of the virus. Do you prophylactically put those patients on an antiviral treatment or only if they have an active um, cold sore? Another great question, because that can be really devastating. The cold sore that you're referring to is typically from a herpes virus. Mm -hmm. And herpes virus can be triggered by laser treatment. So if you have a history of fever blister, blister, absolutely start antivirals the day before your treatment because it could trigger it to come out. Um, And then especially for my, you know, ablative cases where the skin is open, if that fever blister comes up and that herpes virus comes to the surface of the skin, it can really attack and get on that open skin and cause uh, a severe herpes infection that can lead to scarring. So that's a great point. I always put people um, on antivirals that have a history of cold sores, but most of the time, everybody, a lot of a lot of my deep cases, I just I just put them on the you know the antiviral, mm-hmm. even for a few days because I don't ever want to take that risk of having somebody with you know, a secondary herpes infection, and that would be, you know, that would result in scarring a lot of times. So, so that's, yeah, it's a good point. If you are prone to that, that's one of the triggers, you know, for it to come up. Great. And, um, you know, for individuals who are preparing for a big day, such as the wet, a wedding or um, a certain event, and they are looking to target fine lines um, or signs of skin aging, and they want to have a more lighten and brighten, maybe some skin tightening. How far in advance do you recommend those individuals to start their first treatment before their big day? Yeah, if it's, you know, if it's sort of just 
a little bit of texture improvement mm -hmm. or pores or something like that, I would say right. three to four months before the big day. Mm -hmm. But if you're talking like acne scar resurfacing, you know, that's that double shot of espresso again that I tend to do. And that, you know, I would start way ahead of time, like six months to a year. But if it's just getting, you know, wanting to get just a little bit of fresh skin coming in, then, you know, three to four months ahead of your big day is a good timeline. Great. And then last but not least, uh, you know, I'm on social media quite a bit and I see all these different advertisements out there on so many different types of laser resurfacing procedures. What should an average person, you know, a patient pay attention to when it comes to these advertisements? Yeah, you know, it's, I feel bad for the consumer because there's so much out there, you know, between social media and the internet and YouTube, you know, all these mm -hmm. things. I think it's just really important to, um, know the source of the information. If it is somebody who is really medically trained in the skin and, and furthermore has extra special training in cosmetics, specializes in cosmetics, that's, that's the source that you want to listen to. You know, if you're listening to just anybody saying anything, I mean, nowadays with Photoshop and Facetune and, you know, all these things, the consumer can really be misled. Um, and there's definitely a lot of misinformation out there. So I would always, always, you know, check the credentials, really um, make sure that the source that you're getting your information from is legit because, you know, as you know, there's just a lot of misinformation. Um, so, you know, I specifically, you majority of my time is spent, you know, with lasers and with cosmetics and, you know, I do a ton of acne resurfacing and you know, resurfacing. So I think it's just really important to go to somebody who does this a lot because there's a lot to it. Um, it seems like it's easy, you know, you pick up a laser, you push a button and there you go. But anywhere from picking the right treatment for the patient, that's kind of where it starts to prepping the skin, knowing who to laser, who not to laser, and the technique, the settings, you know, the aftercare complications that come up, you know, hey, everybody has complications. I, even I have complications, but knowing how to respond and intervene, you know, early on to prevent more serious effects long-term. Now that is where that training, that experience comes in. That's an, that's an excellent point. And before we end, any other tips um, or recommendations, Dr. Ozzy, for our listeners when it comes to lasers, laser resurfacing, um, acne scars, or any other cosmetic treatments that you recommend? Uh, you know, my one advice for patients is always have patience <laughs> <laughs> because even me, myself, I mean, I do this on people all day long, every day, but yeah, I, when I have a laser resurfacing myself on my face, I get impatient, you know, we're so used to just instant gratification, instant results. And, you know, three days into it, you think, oh my God, this is never going to heal. My, my skin looks worse. Well, of course it's going to look worse that first week, you know, it's the dead skin that's going to be there. So that would be one thing to really um, know that skin healing is an organic, natural thing. It's not man-made, it's not technology. So, <clears throat> and we sometimes forget and uh, we are just becoming more and more impatient. So just make sure that you are, uh, you know, going in with the right expectations and timeline in your head. 
That is very true. I love that. (laughs) If you all loved what you heard today, and I hope you do, I hope that you check out our website and Instagram at Skin the Surface Pod. And don't forget to follow Dr. Ozzy at Skin by Dr. Ozzy on her Instagram page. As always, stay safe and healthy, podcasters.